the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. A tough question for President Biden. Taliban attacked Kabul, you know, they were in Kabul, and we tried to reach a State Department. State Department don't help us, you know. My question was from President, you know, why they left me behind and it was my family. Calls for the president's senior military advisor to step down. If this was something that, you know, General Milley did without the prompting without permission of the State Department, without permission of Secretary of Defense, uh, then it's clearly a rogue decision on his part. More confusion over COVID-related mandates. Texas health care administrators say they're left confused by conflicting orders from their president and governor. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast, your first look at today's top stories for Thursday, September 16th. I'm Rich Thomason. Contrary to what he has said, there is growing evidence that President Biden ignored the advice of some of his advisors and commanders regarding Afghanistan. Daybreak Insider's Eric Hudd explains. The Daily Wire reports General Austin Miller, commander of U.S. forces in Afghanistan from 2018 through July of this year, reportedly warned President Joe Biden against withdrawing all forces from Afghanistan, and he strongly pushed back against intelligence reports that said the Afghan military could hold off the Taliban for one to three years, indicating that they would collapse significantly faster. Fox News reporter Jackie Heinrich said that Miller made the remarks during a classified Senate Armed Services Committee hearing yesterday. This according to multiple sources present in the hearing. Heinrich noted that Miller also said that he strongly dissented with the intel assessment that Afghanistan would fall to the Taliban between one to three years, saying that he thought it would go much faster. Miller also said once his recommendation was turned down, it became his job to execute the withdrawal order. And eventually, decisions like abandoning Bagram Air Base were made because of constraints and troop caps that were imposed by the president. A separate Fox News reporter said Miller repeatedly warned Biden about the situation and about what his recommendation was. The New York Post says a former U.S. Army officer, part of a volunteer rescue team seeking to save at-risk Americans and Afghan allies stuck in the Taliban-conquered country, claims a terrorist have beheaded two boys, ages 9 and 10. National Review with the story of Jean Marie Thrower, an Alabama resident who served in the 82nd Airborne Division. She joined a group of U.S. vets and other civilians working for the Afghan Rescue Crew, ARC, trying to get Americans, green card holders, and U.S. allies out of Afghanistan. And Thrower disputes the State Department's claim that only 100 or so Americans are left behind, saying that as of just a few days ago, her group's figure was closer to 1,000. ARC has evacuated hundreds from the country, but the group says there are thousands of at-risk Afghans remaining left behind after the U.S. military pullout. And spokesman Ned Price defending the State Department's handling of the ongoing Afghanistan crisis. We have been very clear that the individuals uh, who have expressed a desire and a willingness to leave via Mazar-e-Sharif should be allowed uh, to leave the country. 
Uh, uh, the fact that, uh, to my knowledge, a charter flight has not departed Mazar has uh, nothing to do um, with anything that the State Department has or has not done, and in fact, quite the contrary. Uh, the State Department, as we have said, has pulled every lever available to us. Uh, we have gone to extraordinary links uh, with uh, uh, not only our engagement with the Taliban, uh, but also um, with these uh, other constellation of, of uh, groups uh, uh, on the ground and operating from afar, and also with countries in the region. And uh, to our minds, uh, these flights, uh, these individuals, uh, there is no reason uh, they should not be able uh, to depart. And that's what we're continuing to uh, continue to focus on. A flurry of reaction to allegations that Joint Chiefs Chairman General Mark Milley seriously overstepped his authority by going behind President Trump's back and making clandestine contact with a high-ranking Chinese general. Some in Congress pressing President Biden to fire Milley, but doesn't sound like that will happen. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki. He has been chairman of the Joint Chiefs for almost eight months of his presidency. They've worked side by side through a range of international events. Uh, and the president has complete confidence in his leadership, his patriotism, and his fidelity to our Constitution. But former President Trump says Milley never told him of any calls to China, and such actions put the country at serious risk, if true. Our military analyst, retired Lieutenant Colonel Robert McGinnis, says General Milley went way, way out of bounds if he did what he is accused of. And the chairman, uh, by statute, is not even in the chain of command. And so he would have no direct authority over any nuclear release decisions. The allegations against Milley contained in a new book by a couple of Washington Post reporters. Pentagon spokesman John Kirby asking, what's all the fuss about? I see nothing in what I've read that would, uh, that would cause any concern. Kirby saying that a big part of Milley's job is to talk with counterparts around the globe. A part of the value of having these communications, particularly with countries like uh, Russia and China, with which we are experiencing tension, is to try to reduce the risks of miscalculation and conflict, to try to take down tensions. The soon-to-be-published book Peril says Milley assured China that the U.S. would not attack during President Trump's final weeks in office, and Milley allegedly told his Chinese counterpart that he, Milley, would provide a heads-up if there was to be an attack. In a statement, Milley says his only interest was to avoid misunderstandings that could result in conflict. Some red states pushing back against President Biden's COVID vaccine mandates that threaten some with unemployment if they don't roll up their sleeves. Redstate.com reports that Florida Governor Ron DeSantis says the mandates are purely political. You know, th- these mandates, this is not about science, uh, because if it was about science, you would recognize the infection conferred immunity that people like Jonathan has. Israel did a study. They said it was much, much more protective than the Pfizer uh, vaccine was. Cleveland Clinic did a study. Same thing. Every single credible study always shows that it provides good protection. And so that's just the reality. So I don't support mandates at all. But if you're doing mandate based off this, if you're really following science, you would acknowledge 
this natural immunity, and instead they ignore it and force somebody who already has protection to take, uh, to take a medical treatment they may not like. And so uh, it's, it's really about using government power, control to mandate uh, much more than it is about the underlying medical issues uh, that are involved. And I think that is the perfect example of why. If you do not acknowledge that, you are not following science. In the Wall Street Journal, Holman Jenkins writes that the courts have already been asked to review employer mandates as applied to workers who previously had COVID. The article says the vaccines were never tested on that group, and the immunity they receive after having the virus appears to be at least as good as the vaccine. Jenkins argues that 150 million Americans for whom mandatory vaccination may be hard to justify. President Biden met the other day with the CEOs of Disney, Columbia Sportswear, and other business executives and leaders discussing the recently announced vaccine requirement for companies that employ at least 100 people. At a news conference, New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio saying it's time for city workers to end remote work. I understand unions will take whatever actions. We feel confident both in our legal position, but also in our moral position, that this is the right thing to do for the people in New York City. Some employers may have jobs to fill as many refuse to return to work, according to Daybreak Insider correspondent Ken Lorman. As companies plan for employees to return to offices and workplaces across the USA, they're facing a backlash from workers who express fear about using mass transit like trains and buses. Workers indicate they would come back to urban areas but not until they're guaranteed not to be exposed to the coronavirus on subways and other commuter systems. And a federal judge has declined to block a ban imposed by Florida's Ron DeSantis to prevent mandating masks for Florida school students. Judge K. Michael Moore in Miami denying a request by parents of disabled youngsters for a preliminary injunction against the executive order that was issued in July. The order served as the basis for the Florida Department of Health to issue a ruling that required school districts to allow parents to opt out of any student mask mandates. Moore wrote in his ruling that parents should have pursued administrative claims before filing a lawsuit. Daybreak Insider's Eric Cudd says townhall.com reports that two leading House Republicans, Steve Scalise and James Comer, are asking the FDA for documents that might relate to suspicions that the president has politicized the process of administering vaccines during the pandemic. In a letter to FDA Acting Commissioner Dr. Janet Woodcock, Scalise and Comer point to Biden's August 18th announcement that vaccine booster shots would be available nationwide the week of September 20th. Biden said, quote, this shot will boost your immune response. It will increase your protection from COVID-19, and it's the best way to protect ourselves from new variants that could arise. The article says within moments, a number of experts began to wonder whether Biden had jumped the gun. The president made the announcement before the vaccine makers had even submitted the needed data to the FDA. According to an August 31st report in Politico, officials at the FDA scrambled to collect and analyze data that clearly demonstrate the booster's benefits before the Biden administration's September 20th deadline for rolling out the booster to most adults. Daybreak Insider's Bernie Bennett says another Republican lawmaker is demanding to know why the administration appears to be limiting the ability of doctors to order early treatment medications for COVID patients. Congressman Chip Roy of Texas sent a letter to Health and Human Services Secretary Javier Becerra asking about a recent change in policy that limits orders and shipments of monoclonal antibody treatments to HHS-approved administration sites. 
In the letter, Roy writes, providers across the country have utilized these treatments, aiding in effective treatment of COVID-19 patients. Unfortunately, numerous doctors and healthcare professionals who serve COVID-19 patients are reportedly being denied or limited orders for these treatments by HHS. Roy says the last thing HHS should be doing is impeding on providers' ability to serve their patients. A sparingly used exemption becoming popular with some employees to avoid the COVID shot. Religious objections are becoming a much more widely used loophole against the COVID-19 shot. This includes about 3,000 Los Angeles Police Department employees and hundreds of Washington state workers seeking religious exemptions to the vaccine. The exemptions often involve the long-time role that cell lines derived from fetal tissue have played in the research and development of various vaccines. Roman Catholic leaders in New Orleans and St. Louis called COVID-19 shots morally compromised. But the Vatican has said it is acceptable for Catholics to receive COVID-19 vaccines. I'm Walter Ratliff. Overseas, some people in France will soon face suspension from their jobs if they haven't been vaccinated against the coronavirus. Vaccines are now compulsory for medical care, home care and emergency workers in France. And the French government have set a deadline for those not yet vaccinated. If they don't get at least one vaccine shot before the deadline, they face having pay suspended or not being able to work. But a top court has forbidden staff to be fired outright. With as many as 300,000 healthcare workers in France still not vaccinated, some hospitals fear staff shortages will add to their strain. The mandate was approved by France's parliament over the summer to protect patients and the public from new surges of COVID-19. I'm Karen Chamas. In her State of the Union speech, European Union Commission President Ursula von der Leyen says COVID-19 vaccine inequality across the globe must be urgently addressed. Our first and most urgent priority is to speed up global vaccination. With less than 1% of global doses administered in low-income countries... The scale of injustice and the level of urgency is obvious. And the EU pledging more COVID vaccines for low-income nations worldwide. I can announce today that the Commission will add a new donation of another 200 million doses until the middle of next year. This is an investment in solidarity and it is an investment also in global health. Finally, this morning, Daybreak Insider's Mike Gracia says a House committee has dealt an ominous, if symbolic, blow to President Biden's massive social and environmental package. The slim margin House Democrats hold as they work to pass President Biden's signature 10-year, $3.5 trillion spending plan was on full display Wednesday as one committee voted to drop a plan to let Medicare negotiate what it pays for prescription drugs only to have a separate committee approve nearly identical drug pricing language. The House Energy and Commerce Committee voted to drop their proposal, but the House Ways and Means Committee kept it alive. The votes came as Biden was meeting with moderates Senators Kirsten Cinema and Joe Manchin, who have both balked at the overall size of the $3.5 trillion proposal. With Republicans in unanimous opposition, Democrats can lose just three House votes and none in the 50-50 Senate to pass the overall measure. Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider podcast at Apple or Google Podcasts, Spotify or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at DaybreakInsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at SRNNews.com and Townhall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. Join us again tomorrow. I'm Rich Thomason.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.